the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Big seminar coming up. End of the year. Los Gatos. Income and retirement, wealth preservation. Two very big issues as we approach retirement to have concepts of. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. Use code radio25 to get in for free. Joining me now to talk a little bit more about this, CFP Chad Burton. Chad, when people wrap their head around retirement, um, it's something that I'm starting to think more and more about. Time is marching on, so to speak. Um, what, what's going to be in my mindset that's all wrong, that, that's just not quite right? Well, I think to answer that, the best thing is to say what two things that pop into my head on what you would not want to do as you go into okay. retirement. A lot of people get this idea that, oh, as I go into retirement, I have to invest for high income. I have to invest in assets that kick off a high you know, percentage of income right now. And so that is pushing a lot of people into you know, these high dividend yielders where they end up in portfolios that are super high in utilities and other things that are actually a little bit expensive right now, and also into bond funds like strategic income funds, which are really hidden junk bond funds. So we've seen a couple of people that are, okay, I'm in retirement, so I'm going to push my way into income-only assets, and they're in portfolios that are extremely sensitive to interest rate increases where they'll actually lose value or to any kind of a credit issue that could occur, Um, you know, which tends to occur kind of like recessions every 10 years or so you get some credit anomaly out there and and those things can drop a lot more in value than what people think and be way more sensitive to higher interest rates um the the other thing i'd say don't do is stop jumping into expensive products that's the people that are on the total other end of the curve where they get to retirement and the idea of investing in a normal portfolio scares them so they listen to these sales pitches from these bankers and these insurance agents and the people that work at these big brokerage firms, and they end up in these super expensive annuity products. And sure, yeah, they'll guarantee income for life, but the internal fees are super high. So they end up losing a lot of money for their spouse or their kids if they pass away before, say, 80. Um, so you also have to monitor your portfolio a lot more often, peel off the gains, and then also be realistic on the rates of return that you're projecting. Okay. Now, I did get a call from a lady last week asking that same question on, you kind of just threw out there, but just to show you how it's kind of twisted a little bit. She had a general obligation bond that was yielding 5%, and she said, what can I get for 5%? Um, so she was basically open-minded to any sales pitch that I wanted to throw at her. Um, and that kind of scared me a little bit. Uh, is that something you see as well? Yeah, it is. And I think there's a huge push for it right now because there's this Department of Labor fiduciary rule that 
um, was supposed to go into place, and there's the, all these delays because the insurance industry is really fighting it big time. And the whole idea of the fiduciary rule is is that people are you know getting robbed constantly by high fee products on their 401k rollovers. The sales pitches are really good; they're very confusing. Um, just steer clear of those variable annuities that have commissions. If you want some sort of a guaranteed income for a portion of your portfolio, maybe 20%, there are no load versions that you can leave whenever rates become more attractive again. So stop going to people that, that run on commission, and, and you'll be better off. Easier said than done for a lot of people, Chad. November 16th, people can meet you, 630 to 830, Toll House Hotel, Summit Ballroom in Los Gatos, talking retirement income strategies and estate planning. It's $25 to get in, but we waive the fee for radio listeners only. If you use the code RADIO25, it's RADIO25. Uh, following up a little bit more on this, retired people, how often should we review our portfolio? Because, again, I think the average person, I know someone listen to this. I was talking to her this weekend, and she goes, the last time I reviewed my portfolio was when I was talking to you seven years ago. I'm like, you haven't changed one thing? So if I look up your email from seven years ago, it's the same holdings. And she was like, yeah, that's pretty crazy, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, if it's, if it's a 30 or 40 year old that's got a broad based portfolio of U.S. and international, they're, they're probably doing really, really well because they just continue to add Fair. to it every two weeks into their 401k. But when you're retired, um, you actually have to monitor it on a quarterly basis for most people. There are those people, Rob, that have enough money to live off their dividends from their stocks and their income from bonds and, and their income from their real estate, and they never have to sell anything. But most people you know, are getting to retirement, and they're living off 3.5%, of their portfolio, which means they're going to pull a little bit of principal. So they need to monitor their portfolio on a quarterly basis. How much cash should they spend and peel off enough gains on positive quarters to replenish that cash? So it's, it's, it's a quick review. It's not hard, but it's more often once you hit retirement. Okay. I'm with you. Now, you do the show tomorrow from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Tomorrow and Tuesday, or tomorrow and Wednesday, rather. Um, and that's new focus on wealth with CFP Chad Burton. You and I do a little bit different, but we kind of share the time, which is, I think, beneficial for both of us. People can listen tomorrow. Uh, from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., get a whole different perspective on all this. Uh, speaking of the 30 to 40-year-olds, um, how, how, how are they perceiving retirement? Because I'm, I'm pushing the 50-year-old category now. I'm getting older. Yeah, it's, well, <laughs> it's interesting because I, I think retirement to a 30 to 40-year-old in today's world where they saw parents go through the tech correction and then you know losing their homes in 2007-8, um, they also look at retirement much differently. Uh, the, the, the word retirement, it, it's, a, it's an old word. You know, they, don't, they don't like it. it. It means that they're done in their mind. Right. So if you talk to your kids and, and about investing in assets to kick off income all the time so that they can own enough assets that the passive income will allow them to do whatever they want, create new memories, take on new... Uh, opportunities, um, invest in dividend-paying stocks, you know, dividend achievers. They're constantly paying dividends on a quarterly basis. Invest in real estate once you're ready, where you've saved up enough assets, two years worth of your income outside of your retirement accounts, and invest in positive cash flow real estate, and eventually in bonds when they become attractive. That way they say, if you invest for enough income that you can have that financial freedom, that is more attractive to them than, oh, just invest and you can retire and that to them, that means sitting on a porch in a rocking chair, which we know it's not, but that's how they perceive it. 
Yeah, I'm hearing more and more that uh, a new form, a new way of retiring will be to go in and out of the workforce a couple times in your 60s and 70s. Um, and that, that's kind of nice to have that cash flow always coming in uh, and that ability to earn income. But I think a lot of people are going to miss that there will be age discrimination, that people don't want you per se, even though you want to be in the workforce. Cron uh, and where I work in the morning, we've got like a 75-year-old security guy that I'm a little concerned if there was a need for a security guy that he wouldn't be the man for the job. But see, see I have a bias. I have an age bias there, and that, that could be a problem down the road, right? It could, and if you don't plan it, it, where you have really almost enough before you go into that second career, I've seen people do that, where they take six or seven months off or something, but then they have a health care issue, and they're six months off or before they were going to go back into something else, ended up to be two or three years, and then it was a really tough time going into that second phase of working. So plan it out, be careful, and have a lot of you know emergency reserves and liquid cash to get you through that time. Sounds good. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him coming up. Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, November 16th, Toll House Hotel, Summit Ballroom in Los Gatos. Um, it's going to be from 630 to 830. It's a good event. Uh, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar in Los Gatos. You can sign up at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show, or NewFocusFinancial.com. It's NewFocusFinancial.com. And use the code RADIO25. Uh, whether it's your 401ks, your Social Security strategies, measuring your risk in your portfolio, um, trying to transition from accumulation to preservation, sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25. Then coming up in Los Gatos. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Who had a worse week last week, Blue Apron or Pandora? I am not a big fan of trying to find the next big thing in the ashes. It's not the way I feel tech works. There's very rarely in life do you get a second chance at greatness. And both of them had their chances coming out on the NASDAQ and having great stories to tell. Pandora, listen to how many free hours of music are being streamed. And you're like, wait, wait, did you just say free? Yeah. And Blue Apron came out and said, look how much money we could lose acquiring customers and delivering, you know, nice food to their homes at a, a reasonable price. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. I love the idea. Look at the revenues. Look at the year over year. And uh, great idea. I could just sit on my couch and you'll know, chew the food and spit it in my mouth for me. Pretty much so. So it was a big week for these guys last week because their story starts to lose more and more luster. The shine's coming off these guys as people start putting the buzzwords together that they don't want to hear. Um, and when your company's downgraded to hold in the world of tech, time moves fast, right? And I don't know what to do for you if you own these companies. I can't take losses for you. Uh, but Blue Apron reported steeper losses than expected. They should never have come public. Never, ever, never. To me, it feels like they came public to basically get some of the insiders out, to get some of the venture capitalists who fell in love with their story out. Um, so will Apple buy Pandora? I don't know. There's certainly something shiny there, but that may not be enough to bail these guys out. They had a bad week. 
real bad week, to be quite honest with you. So Starbucks had a week where they reported earnings, and you pay attention to Starbucks. Uh, they had a CEO, Howard Schultz, founder of the company, who at one point in time, people were like, come on, run for president, come on, run for president. He's just likable, and he seems to do the right thing for his employees. Therefore, maybe he'd do the right thing for Americans, is the thought, right? Starbucks less optimistic about its future than it was a few months ago. And you're like, whoa. Um, investors are feeling worse these days because there's you know a caffeine crash going. Um, Starbucks says they now expect earnings per share to grow at 12% or greater, down from previous expectations of 15 to 20% of growth. Uh, pretty much so. If you walk around, you won't run into a Starbucks. Starbucks has been growing over 15% for so long that you just kind of get used to it, and companies can't grow that speed forever. And Starbucks is have, investing heavily in their stores to create a more seamless digital ordering experience so that they can uh, get you in and out faster and get everything digital so they have their own currency, so to speak. Starbucks sales at stores that have been open for at least 13 months grew 3% down from 5% in 2016. And all that growth came from them raising prices and not the number of people coming in doing transactions. So Starbucks' future will be about raising prices is the, the assumption there. Unless they can come up with another way of getting you to open your wallet. And it's out there. So it's out there for sure. Um... I like how they refer to people who order digitally now can pick up their coffee in what's called the mosh pit. I spent some time in mosh pits uh, in my 20s and never enjoyed the experience in any way, shape, or form. It is not my thing. Tim Cook is in the news, and it was kind of funny because I was talking to a guy who works at Apple this weekend, and he had some stories for me. Uh, he just said, the employees of Apple have a different way of, of saying things. He goes, you know, we went from the most inspiring CEO to probably the, the dullest CEO. I'm like, okay, gotcha. Tim Cook is pretty dull. Steve Jobs is pretty inspiring. But he talked about how Apple seems to do everything right. And I totally agree. I own shares of Apple. But I wanted to put devil's advocate with him. And uh, I do remember... Uh, digital computers was all the rage before Dell. Uh, digital equipment. I do remember tech companies that kind of came and left. Motorola had the uh, cell phone, and then Nokia did digital cell phones, and Nokia stomped on uh, the cell phone world. And then Nokia got stomped on by BlackBerry, and BlackBerry got stomped on by Apple. So I know Apple's got this great product, and it's highly sought after, the iPhone 10. Um, Apple CEO Tim Cook said demand was off the charts originally. But now he's going to have to moderate that excitement a little bit, scale it back, because he's going to want to, you know, mark the spot with an X. Don't call me the 10. <laughs> he's going to want to mark a spot down the road so that Apple can hit new highs and they can start getting orders for a new phone or new something. And it dawned on me, like, you know, will Apple go the way of Nokia and, and get squashed? Or like BlackBerry? BlackBerry was it. They were the rage for a while. And uh, all you got to do is remember that Apple sold iPods. And iPods 
they're basically done now. If the iPod was a company, iPod would be gone. Just not important. So um, that's going to be an issue for Apple down the road. Not the iPod, but how do they stop becoming a company that's relevant? It takes a lot of money, and right now they've got a lot of money to stay relevant. Um, but it could happen. You know, in the 90s, uh, Sony made the best Walkman. And now Walkman don't exist. So, uh, with Apple right now, you've got a lot of lines and you got no inventory. And that's a typical day in the fall. Gene Munster, who's an analyst who covers Apple, he was formerly an Apple analyst at Piper Jaffray. Now he's a venture capitalist, but he still figures out ways to count the lines of people standing in line around the world. He said that he chatted with 134 people waiting for the iPhone 10 and found that 99 of them were looking to buy the higher capacity 256-gigabyte model of the iPhone 10. So $999 for the low-end 64-gig, and you up the price another $150, $200 for the 256-gig. I've got a 64-gig phone right now, and I kind of wish it was 256 because, well, I wouldn't have to delete pictures, or I could wait for another day to delete pictures. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, i got a seminar coming up in Los Gatos. And if you use the code RADIO25, RADIO25, you get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Broadcom offering $105 billion to buy rival chip maker Qualcomm. That's a biggie. That's a biggie. Don't think the deal's going to get done if you're just basing it on Qualcomm. Qualcomm is trying to buy NXP Semiconductor. Um... Apple suing Qualcomm. Apple Qualcomm's coming out and saying, you know, that price looks a little low. Um, so they see value in shareholders rewarding them for staying private, or not private, but by not going with a, a takeout bid. So a lot going on in that offer. And uh, it'd be a big one. It would be a big one. And uh, probably not going to see anyone step up and raise the price, because Qualcomm is in the position to be the buyer, not the buyee. And... Uh, it's interesting to watch from a distance. Let's bring in Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. Talk a little real estate. Tony? Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. How, how many times as a mortgage guy do you see people with unrealistic expectations? And you almost want to tone them down, but it's not your job to tone them down. Where they come to you and go, you know, I want to get a refi or I want to get a home equity line. I want to buy another property um, because then I'm going to, you know, flip it and then I'm going to be a landlord. I'm going to, you know, the business models that, 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 uh, I guess you could say rain from their head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, not as often as you think. Okay, good. Uh, there's a lot of really good tools online. 
Um, in fact, I'm looking at a rent versus buy calculator right now that I like, and a lot of people can go there and they can figure out what makes sense, uh, what their payments are going to be, what their taxes and maintenance are going to be, and then they look at their income and they they have this a general idea of how much percentage of that you can uh, spend to get a mortgage. So people usually have that kind of idea. Where, where, where I find more people that are unrealistic are people who are looking to buy investment property because. Um, it's a little harder to calculate cash flows. Um, they're looking, they're, they're thinking that that hundred thousand dollar down payment is going to give them a rate of return of 20, 30% when it might come out to a little bit less, even factoring in uh, a principal payment that's being made every month. Um, and, and then they underestimate, uh, things like maintenance and the, all of a sudden there's an HOA on there that they didn't know about or, or they underestimated. And, um, or maybe they didn't get a renter. Maybe there's some. Un, uh, maybe they had to incentivize it, like we just talked about, a, f- a free month's rent to get somebody in. Uh, so there's a lot of of people out there that are uh, investors that make that that kind of mistake. But it's usually the the first time or second time home buyers that do that, as opposed to seasoned veterans. So playing this out a little bit further, um, you and I have spoken at investment clubs before, and. Uh, typically the people that I see who are most desperate for big housing gains are the people who are most desperate in life that they haven't, you know, gotten very far. They're pushing 40, 45, 50 and a lot like, you know, the casino mentality. Uh, uh, this is going to be my, this is going to be my big play. Yeah. So I know a man who was 78 years old, 79 years old, and he's buying a house at the top of the real estate market thinking this is going to be my legacy. I'm going to be known as the smart guy. I'm going to be known as the winner. As it turns out, he bought a home in Santa Rosa that didn't burn down. It's probably worth 20% more in one year based on the fact that it's still well, standing. That's, that's like hitting, you know, snake eyes twice in a row or something like that. I mean, that's pretty tough to do. You know what I don't like about and betting eyes, on it. Snake eyes. I've never understood the, I, I just don't understand how he win rolling I'm dice craps. I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's, it's easy. been explained to me hundreds of times, and maybe I'm drunk when I'm I'm learning <laughs> rules, and it just doesn't stick. And my my brain's spongy or something. I don't know. Um, but I see you, people playing craps. You can, that like, you can bet do? on on any any role at any time. Um, once the number has been made, yeah. if, uh, you can bet on uh, the pass, or you can pass uh, do it on the no pass. You can do it on the. What they call the horn bets, which is like your snake eyes, the two, the two threes, the elevens and twelves, and yeah, it's just right over my head. Yeah, so I would be like the perfect. You have to person. kind of see it. It takes a while. If you want to start your own casino? And just I wouldn't take do all my money. I wouldn't start a casino agree. and just have craps because I'd never understand it. <laughs> Come over to my house tonight. I think we'll someone. I think someone won recently. They hit no sevens for like ten rolls in a row, and they had like a little dollar bet that turned into like a couple million dollars. It was one of those things that could never, never, ever happen. You could do that on the, the yeah, you, you could the, do that. The on, dealer gives them like a million dollars. They're like, what happened? Yeah. And they had no, like one of their chips fell in the wrong place. <laughs> I hope he tipped them. There's a new drug that was found to melt away heart clogging fat with just one dose. Makes me want to go eat a steak. How about you? The problem is that the research is being done from the University of Aberdeen. And uh, it's a new drug called Trodusk. Troduscumine, um that can reverse the effects of atherosclerosis. Isn't it fun hearing me talk in drug terms? We could do a whole show on it. It's kind of like the, you know, if you know you're going to go out and party, you can take that pill and you're going to have a hangover the next day. 
Is that the morning after pill? Are <laughs> <laughs> okay, you getting that one confused? I want to apologize to the management. I want to apologize to my family. I want to apologize to Wanda. I want to apologize to everyone at this point in time. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Um, you don't think I'm a very nice guy. Yes. Anyway, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Don't forget, we have seminars coming up where you can learn about income and retirement, state planning seminars, um, tax laws are changing, and income's going to be a big issue. Transition your portfolio from accumulation to uh, income. That's on my mind. I've got enough that I could retire. I've got more than enough I could retire, and yet I still accumulate wealth. At some point, I need to say, okay, not only am I taking my foot off the gas, I'm in a different car. Income's totally different beast than wealth accumulation. So social security strategies, I don't know. I'm probably going to be more concerned on where I live and let people like CFP Chad Burton do the income for me. Um, because to me, I, do I want to live in Mexico? It's top choice for a lot of retirees because it's not too far from home. It makes a trip back to the States easy. Um, to get residency in Mexico, you have to prove that you've received consistent monthly income, including Social Security benefits, or $1,300 over the past six months. Uh, your residency, once approved, you can enroll in the Instituto Nacional para la Prosa Dote Mayores program, uh, which obviously is tied towards healthcare and other things like leisure activities and public transport. Uh, you get discounts on property taxes and water bills in some municipalities. Um, Panama is the next best thing that's not Mexico, kind of, for a lot of people. It's very retiree-friendly. Small country. Um, it's got a, a port that's important. A port that's important. It's a huge draw to people all over the world. Um, Rent for a downtown one bedroom is about $328 a month. Utilities, internet, and cell service add up to about $85. I could do that when, when my eyes closed. Then I started getting a little tougher on like Ecuador. Ooh, I'm like, ooh, Ecuador, what I want to do Ecuador. Ooh, I don't know if I want to do Ecuador kind of thing. So uh, that's why I think you should come out for the income and retirement event. So focus on where you're going to live and how you're going to live and what's it going to look like. The income is difficult and it's constantly changing. So... Pay attention, my friend. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Saudi power struggle means oil prices are going to hit $70 before they hit $50, is the thought. And, you know, oil was already starting to heat up as an investment. So when you get Saudi princes and ministers in Iran clashing, you have that ability, you have that potential to see uh, disruptions. And when you have that disruption potential, you have the idea that oil can move higher. So, um, I don't know enough about the machinations. So, the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, he orchestrated the rest of several princes and ministers over the weekend. The Saudis framed the purge as a crackdown on corruption, but some people think it was more likely a move to consolidate powers. Salman is embarking on an ambitious effort to reshape the Saudi Arabia's economy. Um, but to me, I come out of that thinking $70 oil, not $50 oil. AMD's in the news today. They made a relationship with Intel, which is a pretty good person to make a relationship with if you're in the world of semiconductors. 
and they're going to work together to launch a chip offering for thin and lightweight laptops that are capable of playing, you know, extremely complex video games and artificial intelligence. The collaboration with Intel expands their installed base for the AMD Radeon GPU. Uh, the collaboration obviously benefits Intel because uh, it's being built as, you know, this is our competitive product for against NVIDIA. And NVIDIA, obviously, is a loser here because on one hand, Intel's going after their market and AMD, their, their rival's going after their market. The winner is you and me because Intel's coming out with a eighth generation of their uh, family of chips. And every year they get smaller, cheaper, and faster. Uh, I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. But I like hipster music. I'm the furthest thing from a hipster. I don't have great hair. I don't have an awesome beard. I don't wear suspenders. Don't buy my clothes used. Not against that. Buy my skiing clothes used. Stuff can get pricey. And when I talk about skiing clothes, I'm talking about the outerwear, not the innerwear. Anything that touches my skin is pretty new. Anyway, I know you're saying, that's fascinating, Rob, but how can I make money off that? Did I just teach you how to save $1,000 on a ski outfit? I think I did. Um, so Apple's AirPods, uh, it's going to be a pretty big category. And they're sold out. You have to wait three to six weeks for them at this point in time. Did you know that Apple's iPad sold out at Christmas? A lot of people didn't know that. So Apple missed the boat on voice-controlled home assistants, like the Echo and the Google Home. But the company's capturing some interest in hands-free communications through its still-sold-out AirPod earphones. Um, I find them to be intriguing when I see them. Um, let's say I'm getting lunch, lunch at the club, little chick Caesar, uh, heavy on the chick. And I see someone sitting there with him. I'm like, how do you like him? Um, and so far everyone absolutely loves them. Now, Apple has had so much money and they've had so much R and D for such a long period of time that they're offering, I think some pretty cool things inside the AirPods. Maybe not yet, but soon. They've talked about the biometric tracking capabilities that can measure your heart rate and measure other things through your ear. Um, AirPods do allow you to play music and dictate messages without tapping on a phone or even the pods themselves. Um, the process of doing that needs some improvement, but it's moving in the right direction. AirPods aren't perfect, but they are a category now that we're starting to give a, a name to. And again, you know about wearables, right? Where you have a, a wristwatch and you can wear a computer kind of thing. These, this new wave is called hearables. Hearables for two reasons. Obviously, it's tied to your jewelry ear, but also tied towards your voice. So, um, and it's pretty compelling, in my opinion, not to have your phone out in front of you. I dated a woman once, and she was pretty funny. She said, you know, one of the things I really like about you is you don't always have your phone out. And I was like, really? Okay, that's that's cute. You know, it's check mark for me. I didn't know I was doing it, but I'll say check mark for me. And uh, having the ear pods in, 
if I'm sitting in a business meeting, it goes, you've got mail. And I tap on it, and it tells me what my mail is, or tells me what the text message is. I like that idea much, much more than pulling out my phone. Uh, now, again, is it all that in a bucket of chicken? Will people pay 150 bucks for it? I think so. So the problem with voice-controlled devices is they're not always accurate, and we're moving in that direction. There was recently a test between a human typist and a human dictating it to Siri, and Siri won um, for the first time ever. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I guess I'll get nervous when Siri says something like, Robert, I'm going to kill you. I'm like, uh-oh, did you just say that? You were tiny talking, Tina. I'm, I'm dating myself because I grew up at a time where there was only three television networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox. And then there's things like the Channel 20s, the Outliers, uh, who they couldn't really afford great programming. So they get like old Twilight Zones. And Tiny Talking Tina was a doll that would say, hi, I'm Tiny Talking Tina. And I love you. And by the end of the episode, it's, hi, I'm Tiny Talking Tina and I'm going to kill you. So I miss the golden age of TV. <laughs> no, I don't. My name is Talking Tina. Your name is Talking Tina. My name is Talking Tina. He's alive, Daddy. Little Twilight Zone for you. Um, one thing that I like to do is study companies that I admire. And Disney is a great company for everyone to look at. Uh, Apple's a great company for everyone to look at. Some of the things that they did right, some of the things they did wrong. Um, Apple's had big, big mistakes. Huge mistakes. Do you remember the Newton? Uh, but Disney CEO Iger has come in and he's really taken that movie studio and he, he took it to the next level. Um, before him, there was a guy named Eisner. And Eisner did good. I mean, Disney's a tough property to, to mess up. But if you take a look at the last set of strings of movies coming out of Disney, whether it be the Disney studios themselves, whether it be Pixar, whether it be Marvel, whether it be Star Wars, um, heavy, heavy integration with marketing and heavy integration with product uh, sales to go along with it. So when you take a look at Frozen, how long did Frozen come out? Many, many, many years ago. Back when I was in high school, I think. Uh, okay, maybe not that long, but the Frozen dresses. Disney gets a cut of the action on that, and they don't, they're do not they not in the dress business, and they don't come anywhere near that stuff. They just license a name, and kids are like, I want to be a Frozen princess. So, so they're in the dress market, of which those things aren't cheap. So not that I know from experience. It's not like I'm dressing up as a Disney princess or doing any sort of cosplay. Another thing in my life that I missed, no cosplay. So take a look at Iger at Disney. I think he's going to run for president one day. And I think he's one of the CEOs that the world respects. Be pretty interested if he did. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.